Listen, do you want to hear the most embarrassing thing? Of course. Okay, my first ever concert, Matt Carney was opening. Oh my goodness, like ships in the night. Yes, my sisters and I have always really liked Matt Carney. So he was opening, and Andy Grammer was, and I really liked Andy Grammer. Like, I think his oh, music is Oh, you simply have to keep your head up. <laughs> and let your hair down. Hey. Okay. And the band that they were both opening for was trained <laughs> oh no i should have been able to figure that out but that makes so much sense and so my first concert i ever went to was fucking train uh, on train <laughs> i i'm not gonna lie train had some early hits that i was obsessed with drop no, to I, jupiter yeah. bangs um Drops of Jupiter also is, like, the most embarrassing song that, like, if it hits you at the right moment, when you're not prepared, will, like, fully send you into a meltdown or a spiral. I've had that several times where I'm just, like, not emotionally prepared and I hear Drops of Jupiter and I just start sobbing. Yeah. Or, like, Uh, Hey Angel. Not Hey Angel. That's a fucking One Direction song. Oh, my gosh. Are you referring to Calling All Angels? At my first concert, which was Danny Goki of American Idol fame, um, if you're trying to hack me, you didn't hear that answer to a potential security question. Um, his opening act, he brought out like a little youth choir or something that like he and his like dead wife had founded or something. I'm not entirely sure. There was a little choir full of like small children. One of the songs they sang was "Hey Soul Sister," and all I know is that they censored the line, I'm so gangster, I'm so thug. And I can't remember what they put in place of it. <laughs> so good. So, th- welcome. You said it without me having to... This is We're growing as we people are. and as podcasters. Welcome to Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. I'm Erin. And I'm Jesse. And I'm holding my very needy cat, Fern. And I'm alone. <laughs> Um, this is episode 13, titled Baked Nevada. A little clever. Sure, clever is a word that you could use. Um, I have beef with this episode that we will get into, but... I I think I have beef with this series the more we get into it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what you might have beef with, and honestly, there's like 17 options. There's so much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we open, they're still at the wedding chapel... It's Grace, Ricky, Tom, and Tammy. And Which, everyone else has left. I think Tammy might be my new favorite person in this show. No. No. Tammy was very rude to Grace. That's what I liked about her. She <laughs> didn't put up with Grace's bullshit. Which, finally. <laughs> Tom and Tammy want to stay and get married. And Grace yeah. is trying to convince them otherwise. Ricky yes. is like, oh. I don't see what the big deal is. They're in love. And it's like... They had one date. <laughs> that was right now. Yeah, they're currently on one date. Um, yes, and then 
we find out that Tom has given Tammy Grace's abstinence ring. Wait, what's it called? A promise ring. <laughs> promise ring. <laughs> I forgot the terminology for a second there, and it was probably the best second of my life. That's just, like, such a weird phenomenon. Especially because Grace is like, ugh, I want it back. And I'm like, babe, like, the idea of a promise ring really isn't to just, like, take it off and put it back on whenever you feel like it. I think it should be. I think I'd be more okay with the tradition if it was. Just, like, (laughs) whenever you felt like it, you could slap it on. So Grace calls her parents, but it's actually just her mom because her dad is still, like... AWOL? Nation? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, he's on his golf trip or something (laughs) still, right? And Kathleen is, you know, she talks to Tom and is like, I'd like to be at your wedding. Um, But before that, she finds out it was Amy's wedding. Grace spills the bean that it was Amy's wedding. Big shock that Grace would be the one. Who the fuck, like, whose wedding did kathleen think they were going to yeah i'm confused too that she didn't check that also like for a first date wouldn't you want to know where you were sending your daughter if you're like very sheltering also wasn't the deal that she could go out with ricky as long as they knew exactly where she was yeah and like she immediately knew the name of this bad wedding chapel yeah and i'm just confused too because it's like under the age of 18 i got invited to like one wedding and it was my aunt's. Yeah. I got invited to a bunch, but that's because my dad has nine brothers and sisters and they well, all yeah, have but, kids. But so it's like, like all family members. It's all family members and maybe one family friend somewhere in there that I'm forgetting about. But, it but yeah, it's like never a just family like family affair. Yeah. And most people didn't like the high school and younger age guests didn't bring people yeah very very strange like i that would have raised alarm bells for me as a parent people my age when their siblings or like when their aunts and uncles got married or whatever they didn't bring dates no like they told their significant other that they had somewhere to be and then they dealt with it like they didn't Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's yeah i didn't even get a plus one to my sister's wedding when i was like 19 Oh, wow. We've got beef. <laughs> um, okay, so Kathleen hangs up on Grace, and then um, she, like, 411s the Jurgens household. What is 411? I don't... Hey, don't drink that water. There's dirt in that water. Eh, oh, well. She's gonna do what she wants. Um, uh, and she'll be stronger for it. <laughs> so... I think 411, or it's like 211, it's like something that you can call, like my parents used to call it when we were like driving. Oh, like, like information. Like yeah. To the, to the person with the switchboard who's like smoking a cigarette and like <laughs> yeah. moving wires around back in the olden times. So she like does that to get to the Jurgens house. George picks up the phone up and Kathleen tells <sighs> George that Amy and Ben got married. Which, finally, someone with some damn sense. I can't believe Adrian's mom didn't tell George that... I know. Or, like... Like, she was... But, whatever. It's fine. You know what? Actually, if I was Adrian's mom, I wouldn't want to talk to that scumbag either. No. He, like, didn't... He just got her a new wardrobe and then was like, goodbye. Honestly, I wish every time I was broken up with, someone gave me, like, a wardrobe. Or, like, a piece of furniture. Something. Um, I've famously never been broken up with, though. Oh. 
I think it's very funny that Anne is so surprised that they're going broke. And it's like, what do you expect? Like, every time your husband breaks off an affair, he, like, buys... Oh, yeah. He just gives away (laughs) merchandise. (laughs) You can't be doing that when, you know, it's the recession and you're in a struggling furniture store. You can't just be giving away the products. Um, But then there's, like, another phone tree and George calls the Sausage King. Oh, yeah. And the Sausage King just doesn't respond. He just kind of, like, puts the phone down. And grabs his gun. Does it? No. <laughs> that would have been a fun little role reversal. He looked like he was ready to get his gun, though. He like... did. He was pissed. He was so angry. His face dropped. His phone dropped. They really did not want to build another set for the Sausage King because he picks up the phone in Ben's room. That's so funny. That is true. They're like, okay, this is Ben's house. Ben's house is one room and we cannot afford to furnish another set. Um. Then there's a theme break. Oh, and you know why they couldn't afford it? Yes. Because when we come back from the theme break, <laughs> oh they God. blew their entire budget for this episode. On getting the song YMCA. (laughs) Which is so funny because they get it and they don't even commit to it. They shell out for YMCA and no one does the YMCA at Mm -hmm. any point. They're all just like, they're dancing. (laughs) They're having a ball. They're all friends inexplicably. Yeah, of course. And they're in a hotel room. So everyone is there minus like Ricky, Grace, Tom, and Tammy. Is Adrian there? Yeah. Okay, I didn't see her because they didn't make a huge deal of her being there. I watched her through the whole... Oh, I watched Alice, like, do the weird dancing around a pregnant belly thing with Amy. (laughs) And I also, I watched um, Adrian and um, Ashley because Ashley was just standing there completely stone-faced, like, not... I didn't even see her. That makes so much sense. They really committed to characterizing these people even within the scene wow ben and amy are not dancing together even though they just got married she's dancing with all the gals and he's like off to the corner with all the guys oh my goodness that was also a funny moment when ben's with the guys or something and like henry asked jason like oh so how'd you get with how did you and madison start and then jason's like i'm just a lazy dater i guess (laughs) (laughs) It's so horrible. <laughs> it's terrible, but honestly, it makes sense. Um, They're having a ball. Also, Adrian is having a lot of fun. She's like oh, dancing good for with her. everyone. She's talking to Jack. Like, it's a good time. I'm glad she had a good time. She deserves it. She's she had a rough couple episodes. Also looks the best out of everyone there. Oh, why are you surprised? <laughs> um, That's all she's been doing this entire show. We get some nice, like, feet shots of Leo and George. Yes. Yes, that is true. The whole, like, party is intercut with, like, feet walking down the hallway. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize we had Quentin Tarantino as the guest director. (laughs) George is wearing these, like, loafers, these, like, leather loafers that are definitely, like, house shoes. And Leo's wearing, like, nice leather dress shoes. Of course. The Sausage King, you know, he got a... You gotta show up with that drip, like. <laughs> um, and then it's very weird because it's like seemingly like 10 p.m. on a s- Friday or Saturday night or something. Like they're not in like loungewear. No. Also, where is this hotel? When did they decide to get a hotel room for this reception? Who's paying for this? 
There were so many questions I was confused on. Yeah. Is this all because Jack wanted it to be a party, basically? Probably. Which, you know, I'm glad they all had fun together for a little while. It's also just interesting because you do have to be 18 to get a hotel room. They all had fake IDs. Right, but like we <laughs> we have established that the guy at Elberson's wedding chapel is like obviously some kind of idiot. Well, we've also established in the next couple shots, every time one of these IDs are shown, they're literally no, no, no. just a... No, <laughs> no, no we're no. saving that? Yes. We're saving it? That's my beef. <laughs> okay, good. Because I noticed that immediately the first time we see one of these bad boys, and I'm like... Oh, okay. So we'll we'll a- save that. We'll stick a pin in that one and we'll get to it. Because I can go off. I think you can go off. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's just like at this hotel, like you would hope the people are like smarter than this fucking wedding chapel guy. Well, also and they, they just give just a bunch of like 15 and a 13 year old a hotel room. Well, Adrian's 16, first of all. Like, let's get that clear. Whatever. But Leo and George do show up and mm. um, Amy and... Ben answer the door and Ben is just like has this goofy smile and like holds up Amy's left hand and is oh like introducing Mr. and Mrs. Boykovich. Dumbass. So then we go to Adrian's condo where she comes oh. home and her dad is just like sitting there. Her dad is such a cop. I fucking hate her dad like so much. I I would he does have one redeeming factor in my mind. Is it that he's hot? Yes, it's literally that he's hot. Like, I will put up with a lot because he is the only hot dad in this show. Grace's dad is, like, a little hot, but not in a way that I'm into. In a way that feels, like, sinister and wrong. Whereas Adrian's dad is just, like, flat out hot. So, like, I can get with that. I can deal with him a lot more easily. He looks at her with those eyes at one point, and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course you want your mother to get back together with him. I wouldn't mind looking at that every day. I know. She wastes no time. Like, she really exposes herself for her true intentions about, like, her mom and dad having dinner, like, immediately. She's like, wasn't, isn't she so pretty? And he's like, I'm literally fucking married. Yes. And she's like. And she's like. I don't see why that's an issue, frankly. She's like, just fuck each other, okay? Yes. And then she, like, explains that she was at this wedding, and then he's like, are they, how did they get married if they're 15, and their witnesses were 15 and 13, and she's like, fake IDs. Which, again, somehow none of them realize that this would not be a legally binding wedding. I know. And then he, like... Like, Adrian's smart enough, she should... You know, I feel like she does know. She's just playing along with it because she wanted to have a good time at a party. And oh, dress yeah. Cute, I th- right? I think, like, she, I think she's, like, interested in the drama. Yeah. And, like, it gave her an excuse to wear a very nice dress and go dancing with mm-hmm. some nerds. Like, good for her. He's like, I'm going to explain to you, you know, that Ricky got another girl pregnant and that that girl just married Ben and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, she fucking knows. And we just watched yes. the Here's What You Missed on Glee. We had a recap at the top of the episode, Mr. Adrian. Mr. Lee? Who, what's we his don't last have name? A na- we don't have a name for him still. Did she take his last name? No, she wouldn't have known his last name. Yeah. Ugh, so, so confusing. then the dad requests demands adrian's like fake id which and immediately asks her also to like narc on whoever gave it to her and she's like fuck you yeah she's like i'm not gonna do that he sees the id and he's like oh i'm sorry even i don't take a plea on a case i know i can win 
Ugh. Yeah, and then she he like proposes this idea that like she stays with her mom until the end of the year. Yes, and then depending on how things go, they can either go with him or she can stay where she's at if she's doing well, I guess. And then, but she's like, what if we all moved in together? And he's like, I'm married. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like neither he nor her mom does enough to like shut down this fantasy that's playing in her head. No. And I would have thought he especially would have come down hard on it as the one who is supposedly happily married. Um, okay. I will. Me... S- oh, oh, I was just going to say, I will say his methods are starting to get a little less awful. It feels like he's at least attempting to get input now instead of just like making all the decisions by himself. So I feel like he might be developing a little bit. I feel like he's starting to be more interested in like daddying as a role instead of as like, yeah, an omnipotent force, you know? Yeah. I hate that you just said daddying. Speaking of daddy. Mm. Fuck. Mm. I love that segue. Mm. We go to um, Leo and Ben. I was so happy that this conversation happened because Leo is finally telling Ben, like, sometimes no means no and you need to just, like, fucking deal with it instead of trying to manipulate everything to work out exactly the way you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leo is, like, explaining that the wedding is not legal and also that, like, what Ben did was wrong because, like... Yes. Amy's parents were not okay with it. And Ben just simply ignores everything his dad has to say. Oh, of course. As and he must. instead is focusing on the fact that the wedding isn't legal. And it's like, how? How did you not know this? You guys are so... You're so stupid. Ben is stupid as hell. And also he does <laughs> let it drop and confirm that we are in the state of California. Oh, really? I missed that. He just says something about like, this is California. Oh. So, like, we finally have confirmation that we are in California, maybe the greater LA area. Um, We are in Mike Pence's California. Then we have this, like, weird, just, like, intercut scene where Henry is, like, leaving, but he steals a sandwich before he Yeah, what was that about? Was that just to show, like, Henry didn't get out in time to escape this, and now he's trying to be stealthy? Like, what was this? How is he getting home, is my question. How did he get... Oh, oh. I know. How did he get there? No idea. Well, he was one of the witnesses. How did... I know. How did they all get there? I know. They're all like 15. (laughs) Like, okay. Wait, no, we need to hash this out real quick. Okay, so like Madison and Lauren would have gone with Jason, who can drive. Yes, because Jason can drive, assuming they can fit another two people in their car. Yes. Jack Um, can drive. We're assuming... Did Jack drive? Jack mentioned something about being a driver. Yeah, Jack drove like ben and amy there and i'm assuming also like he drove henry and ashley but then how did alice get there who else could drive ricky can drive adrian can drive adrian can drive but i thought adrian showed up on her own how did jack fit that many people in his redneck truck oh that's maybe it's one of those ones that has like six seats like three in the front and three in the back oh my lord this i'm just saying i had a a bench oh you had a bench and I drove a pickup truck and that was my first car didn't have airbags and it had a bench seat and I used to fit like five people across it I love that I love (laughs) flaunting traffic laws (laughs) I used to take my dad's like work trucks and vans around and one of them was a van that had like a cage in the back and no seats (laughs) so there were two seats in the van 
And, um, you know, I was on prom court because, like, obviously the gays are very popular in conservative America when people don't know they're gay because we're the only interesting people in those towns. True. But um, I was on prom court and I took all the men on prom court to go tuck shopping in the van with a cage in the back with no seats. So there were two of us up front and four people just in the back rolling around. <laughs> it was a good day. That's so good. Okay, I guess I don't need to get hung up on the driving. I'm just, something yeah, it, doesn't add up with, okay, whatever. It's fine. I, I know. Um, <sighs> okay, so Henry Wait, leaves, what? right? Yeah, sorry, I got hung up on the driving again. We're, <laughs> we got to move on or I'm going to think about this the rest of my life. Um. So Amy and Ashley and George come home. <sighs> And George picked Amy and Ashley up. So we know that's how they at least got home. Yes. And George is fully interested in keeping this from Anne, which seems like the world's dumbest idea. There's no way this isn't getting out. Also, with the Sausage King trying to park his sausage in Anne, we know it's going to (laughs) happen. I'm so sorry for that. Uh. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But George, like, leaves, and then Anne yeah. comes in, and Anne is like, she really wants Amy and Ashley to, like, tell her about their night and Ashley's first date with Henry. She's like, do you want me yeah. to make you pancakes? I always craved pancakes. And uh, also, Amy and Ashley are so n- not for it. This, it's revealed that it is 1 in the morning right now. I literally have, bitch, it is 1 a.m. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. And she's not concerned that her 13-year-old daughter <laughs> and 15-year-old daughter were out until 1 a.m.? If I ever got home at, like, 1 a.m., oh, my parents... I would not have gotten to go to college. Like, <laughs> no, not at that age. Barely when I was in college and home for the summer. Yeah. I would still get kind of like balled out when I would walk in at like two or 3 a.m. <laughs> um, jeez. Oh, no, that was finding out it was 1 a.m. and that no one cares that it's 1 a.m. Baffling. Baffling. I Truly mean, baffling. It's like the same thing, like, um, like then we go straight to the bowmans and like both kathleen and we find out his name is like marshall later but like they're both like awake and marshall dr bowman oh dr bowman okay dr bowman has been summoned from his fucking boys golf trip apparently yeah which obviously it wasn't much of a trip if you could get home that easy (laughs) and tom immediately snitches on grace and like her id yes and i do love his reasoning which was that you ruined my night so i'm gonna ruin your night yeah tom is really fucking pissed at grace yes grace really takes a beating from both tom and tammy this episode mm-hmm. and i don't know how much of it's justified i don't maybe think, a little i mean i i don't think i mean grace i think was in the right between tom and tammy i do think yes it was right for her to step in and stop them from getting married yes on their on their first date so also fucking dr bowman's like oh so it was such a good idea to have him dating and it's like yes it was it's not yeah that wasn't the issue here he just is fucking pissed at kathleen because he like then he's like tom go up to bed and he takes tom's phone and like sends him to bed so he can't call (laughs) tammy also i love he takes tom's phone he's like oh it's dead and tom's like yeah and then (laughs) 
I don't remember what he said. Like, he said he'd get him in the morning or something. Or he'd talk to him later about... Tom's like, yeah, call me, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, got his ass. Oh. Then Grace, like, shows her parents her fake ID. And this is the first time this we is... get a look at it. Okay, this is where my mind just, like, melted out of my ears. It is quite literally a laminated piece of paper. <laughs> There's not even anything on the back! <laughs> I don't... Who the fuck is working in this prop department? And, like, they're, like, they're supposed to be obviously fake, but, like, you're telling me Adrian didn't realize, like... <sighs> there is no way Adrian is stupid enough to take this ID and be like, yes, this will work. It's literally a piece of paper. It's a... It's not even... <laughs> it's like if you take a piece of paper and you, like, put it between two pieces of packing tape. Like, that's yes. what the fake ID was. It's literally... It's like this tag. <laughs> like, this merchandise tag that I pulled off of my Sleeping Mudkip plushie. It looked like this. It's... This Jesse, doesn't help the listener. Your, is that your driver's license? This is my ID, actually. Um, it says that I am 47 in Nevada. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. It, I literally had to pause and like take a five minute break. <laughs> no, it was just like. We were stupid for expecting more because mm. that setup literally, he had a giant cutout of a driver's license and had them <laughs> pose inside of it like they were at a carnival or something. So, like, you know what? That's true. Maybe that's on us for expecting them to look professional. Dr. Bowman brings up it. He's like, did you know possessing a fake ID can be up to a $250 fine? Like Adrian's dad had also said that, which like, it makes a little bit more sense because he's like the assistant DA, but I'm like, yeah. why do you know that Dr. Bowman? Oh, and also like low key. If you told me that a committing a crime would cost $250 and like, that's it. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do more crimes. I would have <laughs> for sure gotten a better ID if I was only going to be penalized that much. <laughs> oh, um, also, God. I think you could argue that that was a school prop if you got caught with that. You know, like... The fact that they are trying to play this up as, like, some big, yes. like, mastermind crime. I'm just like, it's, did you look at the IDs? It's like it's like trying to send someone to jail for counterfeit money because they were paying with Monopoly money. <laughs> yeah, Like, exactly. that's the equivalent here. Like... It's literally like if I go up to the Piggly Wiggly and pay with, like, 100000 Monopoly money. <laughs> <clears throat> like, you're not going to get arrested. You're just going to have people look at you like you're stupid as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. I couldn't figure out the entire episode, too. Were they supposed to be that bad? Or did the props department just, like, shit the bed I on have... this one? I can't <laughs> tell. Honestly, they could have fixed it so much by, like, literally never letting us see it. And that's the thing. Or, like... Having them use a library card or something, or literally anything, they were obviously supposed to be, like, low quality. That joke was made all through last episode when we find out that Jason's listed him as Caucasian, yes. and, like, Ashley said she was 49 years old. <laughs> so, like, if the joke is they're bad, like, you could have just left it at that and had them look like real cards, but instead we literally have laminated note cards. So like, there was this little edge of lamination around them. Mm -hmm. They weren't even trimmed clothes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you saw that. Like, and I, you couldn't miss it. I don't know why I thought maybe you wouldn't see it, but. It's so stupid. <laughs> so Dr. Bowman, he takes hers. 
But then he brings up Kathleen's like infidelity. Yeah. In front of Grace. Dick move. Also, it doesn't concern him in the least. No. And then Grace is kind of like, okay, I know that I just got in trouble. And I know also that like you and my mom are like going through some marital problems right now. But shut the fuck up because Ricky told me he loves me tonight. Oh, gross. Heart eyes like. Okay, so then we go straight from Grace being like, Ricky told me he loves me. We're in love to uh, Ricky and Adrian Mackin. Yeah, I feel so bad for Grace, but also if you're that stupid, I can't feel bad for you. Like, yeah, you can't not know this is happening. Also, they this kissing was like a little bit too intense for me. Oh, was it? I think I averted <laughs> my eyes to keep my mind chased. <laughs> I was like, this is... A lot. I think around this time, the actors probably started dating and the heat carried into the performance. I wonder. I'm making this up. I have no basis <laughs> for any of this, but uh, I learned that from um, the hit NBC sitcom Friends. When two actors have a really passionate performance, that means they're not making out off stage. When they have a really dull and lifeless performance of lovemaking scenes, that means they're fucking off stage and they used up all their passion <laughs> there. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe you'd mention that show. I mean, it's the second time I've did it. I realize it's a character flaw that's just going to keep coming up. Anna's making pancakes. The way that she is mixing up the world's largest thing of batter, and also just the way that she's mixing it, it is so evident that, like, Molly Ringwald has really never had to cook a meal for herself in her entire life. No, and you know what? Why should she? No, I mean, I think it's fine. It's just, like... Before you put an actor, give him a two-second lesson. Like, here's how you hold a whisk. But um, Anne is making these pancakes, and she's like, let's talk Making banana pancakes. <laughs> and then they immediately have sex. Yes, which in my notes I say, no, Anne, don't fuck George. <laughs> they finish having sex, and George does his little stupid, dumb, smiley face. He's like, I'm forgiven. And Anna's yeah. like, no, you're not. And that's exactly why I didn't want her to have sex with George. During this, though, she does admit that she slept with the guy in Chicago, which is just such which... a fucking weird storyline to bring in. Yes. Oh, so strange. All of that happened off screen as well. Like, I know. <laughs> we saw her in a bar for like two seconds. We saw a guy approaching her and be like, Anne? So much in this show happens off screen because I think they weren't sure what direction they wanted to take it. Like, Hot Counselor's entire storyline for the last three episodes <laughs> has just been off screen. <laughs> um, I have questions. Oh, okay. It's, it's so weird when she gets out of bed because she, like, gets out of bed because I think they're in, like, the garage. Yes. George is sleeping. The garage that George has commandeered. And. Anne, like, gets up to go back inside or whatever, and she's like, I still want a divorce, whatever. She's wearing a full-on nightgown. Yes! Good for (laughs) her! Okay, did you, like, pack it to bring out to the garage? Like, what the- what was that She was wearing it under her clothes. (laughs) What was she wearing during the kitchen scene? Did she have a robe on, maybe, or something? I have no idea. Because it is 1 a.m. Maybe she was just ready for bed. Do women sometimes wear nightgowns or, like, stuff like nightgowns under their clothes? 
Because in the first episode of The Flight Attendant, Kaylee Cuoco is wearing a nightgown in the hotel room of the man she hooked up with. And I can't think of any other explanation because she does do a walk of shame afterwards. <laughs> Unless that was her dress. Oh, that might have been her dress. Just another of the many twisted mysteries presented to us in the first episode of The Flight Attendant. I'm glad you finally have taken the plunge and watched the first episode. It is so good. It is so good. Is it? It's everything I wanted it to be in more. No, just the whole nightgown thing is very confusing. Like Also, nightgowns are very comfortable. Underrated sleep gear. And night shirts. Like, if you're a dude who doesn't want their masculinity questioned or whatever, get a nice night shirt. Look like Ebenezer Scrooge. Look like the Sleepy mm-hmm. Time Tea Bear. It's a good time. Like um, Marshall and um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. You're going to tell me that Friends is a bad reference and then talk to me about How I Met Your Mother? Okay. I just love, um, what's his name? Who plays Marshall in How I Met Your Mother? Oh, Jason Siegel or whatever. I also just love, you know, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So Yeah, exactly. That's such a good movie. Such a good movie. So, oh, George is like shouting at Anne as she's like leaving the garage or whatever. Oh, gross. That he's never going to leave the garage. Oh. And I'm like, it's like fucking like 2 a.m. now. 3 a.m. Really? Like, you think sh- you think George went for an hour? It <laughs> no, is 103 meant- <laughs> right now. <laughs> and that's no, being I'm generous. Assuming, I'm assuming because when the girls came home, it was 1 a.m. And then we had a bunch okay. of other scenes. Okay, and then we that- came back to Anne. <laughs> Okay, so that that's why I'm assuming it was later. I'm not assuming. Okay. As we've discussed on this podcast before, heterosexual people have sex for like six to seven minutes. Good for them. I hope they enjoy all seven. <laughs> she leaves. And I'm just like, why are you shouting? Also, like, aren't you going to wake up the girls? Whatever. It's oh, the next um, morning now. They did wake up at least one of the girls we find <laughs> out later. <laughs> so it's the next morning at the Jurgens house. Amy wants George to take her to school. And Ashley's like, I'm going to walk. For five miles. <laughs> I could use the exercise. There is no way that if they were leaving now, she would get to school on time if she had to walk five miles. <laughs> no, that'd take like an hour at least. Probably more. So Anne is like, I'll take the girls to school, George. Shut the fuck up. Get out of my face. And Which then, good for her. But Anne like kind of calls Amy out. And she's like, ever since I told you that you like actually have to be responsible. Like you've been <laughs> avoiding me and like icing me out. And Amy is just like, yeah, and? Yeah, you deserve it because you want me to raise a baby that I want to keep. What the fuck is wrong with you? Of course I'm angry. You said you weren't going to do the all the hard parts for me. And leaves or something. And then Amy is like, maybe we should tell mom about the wedding. And Ashley's like, fuck you. Like, I was not involved. Like, that's a you and Ben thing. Like, I'm not telling her. It is a her and Ben thing. That is 100%. Ashley is within her right to say that. So then we go to Ricky and Grace. They're in the hallway, like, holding hands. And they greet each other as, like, boyfriend and girlfriend. This was the most uncomfortable scene of any television show I've ever seen. It was so funny. And Adrian comes up and she's like... I can't believe we're all still friends. Yes. <laughs> and Grace goes, oh, it's probably because you're such a gracious friend. Oh, my gosh. They are doing high school theater right now. Oh, like, yeah. And, like, Ricky and Adrian keep, like, having, like, flitting eye conversations. Grace needs to start, like, I don't know, having basic human levels of awareness pretty soon or I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um... 
So Adrian like fills them in about the reception and was like, Jack was there, wink. Oh. And uh, Grace is like, oh my God, are you interested in Jack? And Adrian's like, no, actually I'm interested in somebody else. And then like makes another like eye contact with Ricky. And yes, it's like. So obvious. Like we know who you're talking about. Also, um, one little thing I do want to bring up. She says the food at the reception was really good. What food was at the reception? Well, we know Henry stole a sandwich. Where did they, did they have a catered? Yeah, there was like there was like a couple of food platters. You really were not paying attention during the reception scene. You missed Adrian. You missed Ashley. I was just so taken out of it by the fact that everyone was dancing to YMCA and no one was doing the YMCA. Okay, you can't throw that at me and expect me to pay attention to literally anything else. <laughs> And Alice's weird, like, baby. Yes, like, hover over the baby. Hover over the baby. Make sure the baby doesn't feel left out in these proceedings. Because Alice and Amy are not really friends. I do not think they've had a conversation up till now. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, why was Alice... Alice was just, like, partying with Amy and her girlfriends, too. Like... Yeah. They've never talked. She's, uh, you know, broadening her horizons. They do love to just randomly throw Alice into situations with characters that we had no idea she knew. Like, they did that with Jack an episode or two ago where all of a sudden they're holding hands walking down the hall. And it's like, when did you two meet? (laughs) Or they're slapping each other and, like, making out. Oh, that was so hot still. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Mr. Molina's back. It's, like, big news. Adrian leaves and then Grace and Ricky are walking together a little bit longer and Grace goes, I wonder where Mr. Molina was. And he goes, who cares? All I care about is you, Grace. I would melt. I would simply melt. <laughs> He's so weird. Um, yes, I will say um, this episode, I think he developed as an actor. His name's like Darren. Chris. Darren Chris. Darren Chris in his only straight role. Um, <clears throat> Darren K A G A S O F F Kagasoff. Whatever. Moving on. Then there's a Jack and Adrian scene, and Jack is like, I am going to take my focus off of women for a while. And I was like, Kay. This? I was going to say, I have a few, like, you know, I got my bulletin board behind me, and I just think, you know, Jack, he wants to take a break from women he wants to volunteer Mm -hmm. sounds a little fruity to me i don't know i know i know that would make me so like you have no idea how happy it would be if jack was the gay one i know it'd be really good because supposedly there are a few homos in here at some point but so jack walks up to henry and alice and says hi to them i don't know why i wrote that down but alice tries to seduce henry again and then also asks if Henry had sex with 13-year-old Ashley. And Henry's but like, no. She is 43 in Nevada. I know. Alice, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a great line. Um, didn't make sense, but it was so good. <laughs> I was like, Alice, you are simultaneously the like most problematic character in the show and also like the least problematic character in the show. So I true. I don't know how that works. The dichotomy of man or something. Duology mm-hmm. of man? I don't know words. Duality, yeah. Duality. Okay, that works too. So then there's like a Ben and Amy scene. They like hug in the hallway for a long time and they're oh, like... I did say like before they got around to addressing that they obviously aren't still married. I I was under the impression that they still thought that they were married. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're not married. <laughs> 
And Amy is like, I'm keeping it for my mom. And then she mentions that her parents had sex last Yes. Night. And they're just, like, talking about parental sex for a little bit too long, in my opinion. Because yeah. Ben's like, oh, that might be a good thing, don't you think? Shut the fuck up. It's like, up. have you met George? Of course that's not a good thing. Essay <laughs> Kid comes up. We find out his name is Joe Hampton. Joe Hampton! His last name is Hampton because of Brenda. Hampton. Oh my goodness! I didn't put creator. that together. Wow. I is wonder. she Is she Brenda's son? Is he Brenda's son? <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. I was just so happy that he got a name. Also, that announcement was so funny. It was so funny. Because it starts out like, will all students with fake IDs please come to Mark Molina's office? That's not how you get people to do things. I know. I think it's so funny <laughs> that he comes up. And he's like, how was the wedding? And they're like, well, it's not real because, you know, they're fake IDs. And do you know that this is a crime? And he's like, yeah, I know it's a crime, idiots. That's why I charge so much. I live dangerously. And then the loudspeaker comes out and it's like, well, every student with a fake ID, please report to Mark Molina's office. And then they're like, actually, just kidding. Joe Hampton. Like, what the fuck? So funny. Were they trying to, like, snag everyone, not even the ones who um, were at the wedding? Were they just trying to round up every fake idea? I think they might have been, but that was the dumbest shit I ever heard. So Um, funny. The kid who plays Joe Hampton is not Brenda Hampton's son, but he is (gasps) John Schneider's son, who plays Dr. Bowman. Oh, no. His name is Chasen Joseph Snyder. Schneider. Chasen? Like Chasen the car? Like C H A S E N. Chasen. Yeah, like uh Buttigieg. That's Chasten. Oh. <laughs> um also it's so funny on this wiki for Secret Life, it says occupation, student, hustler. Yes. I love that. <laughs> that is good. That's the f- oh my gosh. That is so funny. <laughs> Joe's reaction to getting called to Mr. Molina's office is to like accuse Ben and Amy of like ratting him out. And then he's like, well, if it wasn't you, then it was your fucking loud friends, you know, insinuating once again that Madison and yes. Lauren are. It's funny because house. I know that wasn't a direct quote, but that's actually kind of how I remember it being him being like, for your fucking friends. <laughs> don't we cut to like madison and lauren then kind of too yeah they're like well it wasn't us (laughs) i swear i didn't say anything and it's like a very weird quick scene where like joe goes into the office and like adrian sees her dad and then jack starts jack hurries to every person that was at the wedding and collects their fake ids except did he hit jason no did jason get a fake id i don't know but also everyone just like has their fake id like in their hands yeah or they had them like in their pockets which like why were you carrying them on you like keep that at home until you need it did you ever have a fake id okay you see what i look like now yes i've looked like that since i was like 15 i never needed a fake id (laughs) i just needed to order I get mistaken, like I coach middle schoolers, and I get mistaken for a middle schooler all the time. That's surprising to me. I don't think of you as, like, young. 
yeah, thank you. But I hopefully that's like, not like an insult. <laughs> I'll get off the bus with like the goalie equipment, and they'll be like, "Hey, sweetie, like, where's your coach?" And I'll be like, "I am the coach. Thank you." Mm, I don't get it. Oh, I will say this is the first episode that I think I might kind of like Jack. Yeah, he's turned a corner for me. Where like I think he's trying to be good. He got a haircut. Once he got a haircut and got hot, he really turned a leaf for me. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, he goes around, he collects everyone's IDs while Joe is, like, being questioned by Mark and a police officer. Mark and a literal cop. The police officer is like, do you want to go to prison? And Joe is just like, (laughs) no, I heard it's really bad in there. (laughs) I love Joe Hampton. Um, So then Jack comes in and, like, confesses. And he's like, here are all the IDs. I cut them out. And again, it's like... Fucking scraps of of printer paper laminated (laughs) and this confirms that there is nothing on the back of any of them and i just wrote this is not a crime because no one would look at that (laughs) and assume that a crime has been committed like it's just stupidity jack is like don't blame him blame me you know amy and um ben wanted to get married blah 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 he like goes into the whole scenario and the police officer is like who are you like (laughs) you just expect me to know who you are yes (laughs) um and then jack has to go like downtown with the cop and he asks for a little bit of privacy to call his parents (laughs) and the cop is like how's the backseat of a squad car He's like, great, I've never seen the backseat of a squad car. His honest reaction is just like, that sounds fucking cool, man. Like, let's do it. They leave. And then Mark is like, why did he do that? And Joe's just like, I inspire loyalty. Which he does. I would die for Joe Hampton. Oh, yeah, same. He's the best character on the show. Then Mark is like, or you just know too much. And Joe's response is, or he's just stupid, or maybe he did it. Yeah, I think I would have just gone with maybe he did it instead of, <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever you got to do. But Ben comes in. He, with He doesn't knock. He just, like, opens the door. Hot counselor really needs to start closing his fucking door. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Amy comes by and over Yes. But the door is closed when Joe's in there. And Ben just okay. opens the door and is like, can we talk? And Mark just, like, kicks Joe out. And it's like, yeah. Ben, what the fuck? And it's not even like the blinds were closed. Like, you could see there was someone in there. No, Ben just doesn't care about anyone other than himself. And this has been established. And it keeps being reestablished. Yeah. Ben asks Mark where he's been. And Mark avoids the question. And then Mark asks Ben why the fuck he was trying to get married. And Ben avoids that question. It's just, like, unproductive. Yeah. But then Ben asks about Jack. And Mark is like, I thought Sam was Joe's you know fake id competition and i was like who is this who is sam i think sam is the guy that they replaced joe with for that one episode that's my guess oh maybe you know the guy who shows up once and never again yeah he's like selling them their permanent files yes inexplicably doing the thing that joe should be doing that was my guess this whole conversation is so uncomfortable. Well, this whole conversation, again, is a lot of stuff that happened off screen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ben says he got married because Amy wanted to, and she's, like, outside the door and, like, hears it, and she's yeah, like, and you she's didn't like, have to go you, along dude. with it. Yeah, and then she just walks away, and that was where I was like, okay, I've noticed throughout this series that Hot Counselor keeps his door open. 
And this yeah. was like finally the moment where I'm like, okay, have we learned that he needs to shut the door and keep There's out only the devil? One scenario where he needs to keep his door open, and it's when that's, Adrian comes and he, in and closes all the doors. Yes, I was gonna say that's the only time is when whenever Adrian tries to interact with him, is he should keep that door open. Wait, do you think? Do you think the other woman was Adrian? What? No, no. no. I was going to say, do you think that Hot Counselor is just trying to follow the Mike Pence rule? Oh, yeah, probably. I think he's trying to, like, be a good counselor. (sighs) Fuck him for that. What's he doing? No one in this show is good at their job, and he should not be an exception. But obviously, he's not being a good counselor because he's going out for pizza with his students and talking about his personal life. That episode where they were like, let's go get pizza was right after Ben was like, he won't tell me about it because it's his personal life. And then apparently they went out for pizza and like Mark just forgot about that boundary. Yes. Also, it was never confirmed that Mark actually joined them for pizza until this moment. It was like kind of a tossed out thing. I assumed he declined, but no, apparently they all got together and he talked about like his crazy girlfriend. So weird. But we do get, so Ben says some bullshit about how he wanted to get married. And then we have the Mark reveal because he has a wedding ring on. Yeah. And Ben is like, who'd you get married to? And he's like, my cousin. Who do you think? My girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, hot counselor. You and your jokes. And then Ben is like, you told me, me and my dad horrible things about your girlfriend when we went and got pizza. And Mark is like, forget it. It's just so uncomfortable and unnecessary. Then we go to Anne. She's at the divorce lawyer. Oh my god. This This scene. scene. Emmy. Okay? Emmy. (laughs) SAG Award. (laughs) People's Choice. Nickelodeon's Teen's Choice. So the secretary offers her an apple. And she like freaks out. She's like, why would I I have an apple? Why would you offer me an apple? And the secretary's like, because we have apples here. What the (laughs) fuck? And Anne's response to this is just to start trauma dumping on the secretary. Yes, but but by leading into it with like, oh, you know, I'm not really an apple person. I like a peach sometimes. And then she like lists all the fruits she likes. And then she has my favorite line, which is, oh, bananas. I like a good banana now and then. I was like, is this a sexual reference? With bananas, it always is. <sighs> but, um... But- yeah, she goes from, like, loving fruit to being like, oh, I have two daughters, and we tell each other everything. We're basically best friends, but we're not best friends, because then who would be their mother, but we're really close. And the woman is like, do you want a therapist number? Like, <laughs> Which, like, honestly, good for her for, like, recognizing um, a woman kind of in crisis, it seems, <laughs> and trying to get her the help she needs. Yeah. <laughs> So then Dr. Bowman comes out of the office. He's like, nice to see you, Carol. Because we had to make sure that we knew that they were seeing the same person. And then he oh. he introduces himself to Anne. It is so weird that there has been conflict between the two of them. And they've never been introduced. She, like, hated their pediatrician because she took up practice with him. And she'd never met him. Mm-hmm. This was wild to me that they'd never met. Like, I couldn't believe that. I know. This is when we find out his name is Marshall. Marshall Bowman. He's, like, trying to prevent Tom's wedding. And then he, like, slips up and, like, mentions Amy and Ben's wedding. Which, you know, Anne didn't know about. 
Yes, which it wasn't really a slip up. He just made the normal assumption that, like, she would have been informed. Yeah. And then Anne hands Dr. Bowman an apple to be like, thank Grace for me for, you know, helping Amy stay in school or whatever. Yes. And that, um, my note for that scene is just apple, all in capitals. (laughs) Dr. Bowman gets the apple and he, like, looks at it and he's like, what the fuck? And then, and then another beautiful moment with her and the receptionist where Anna's like, what the fuck? To the secretary. And the secretary's like, oh my God, you guys are so close. I can't believe she didn't tell you. She didn't tell you? It was so, so good. Funny. The people they get to be like supporting actors in these shows, I they know. give them their own show. I want to see know. the lobby. I want to see a workplace comedy about this woman in the lobby. I have a note here that I was very confused about, but then I realized there was a commercial break here, and it just oh, says, okay. David Diggs seems to be having a really good time with the Sesame Street gang. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> I don't know if I forgot that... I don't know why don't... I took note of that, but, like, David Diggs is having a good time, <laughs> and That's I'm happy so for him. Funny. <laughs> We're back in the school, and Adrian and Jack are together. Adrian looks real gay in this outfit because she's wearing, like, <laughs> jeans with, like, a white tank and then, like, a flannel suit jacket on Yes! Top. Yes! I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that was good. That was a good look on her. Everything's... A- she has not had a bad look yet. She wore mm-hmm. an I Recycle Boys shirt, and I was I like, know. yes, fashion icon. <laughs> So, you know, Adrian's like, oh, I'm so sorry you got in trouble for, you know, taking the blame for the IDs. But actually, like, not to downplay, you know, that you have to do community service now and that you got in trouble and had to go to the police. This whole scenario is actually about me and Ricky. (laughs) Yes. She's like, actually, my dad wants to get something on Ricky. So this is like nothing. Like, I know you got in trouble for this and you have real life consequences because of this, but shut the fuck up. It has nothing to do with you. (laughs) This is about me and my problems, which do not involve the police, but kind of do because my father is a cop. (laughs) Jack exits and then Ricky comes up to Adrian and he's like trying to like get with Adrian. It's so weird. He's like flirting with Adrian by being like, I'm in love with Grace. I might marry her. Is this where she drops the line, like, I'd rather be the one you're cheating with than the one you're cheating on? Yes. Oh. I was like, not to yuck your yum, but, like, you should go to therapy. Yes. Like, you could do a lot better and, like, do a lot better out in the open. And, like, honestly, I think you and Grace could be really good friends. So, like. I know. You both need to get over that. Yes. That's where I want this to go. That would be really nice. Then we're in Ben's room because Amy was going to, like, go look for a job after school. Yes. Which, how did you do that before Indeed? That's the question. I feel like the newspaper classifieds would have been a better bet. I know. Maybe Craigslist? Anyway, so Ben is... I can't ask if Craigslist was around (laughs) in 2008. I, I wanted to, but I can't. I truly don't know. It was definitely the fact that you have no idea what existed in 2008 will never I, stop being funny to me. Okay, I'm sorry. I was, what, like 12 years old in 2008? I have no idea. 
What was around when I was 12? I don't know. Fair. Okay, so Ben is cleaning. He has, like, yellow gloves on, and he has, like, a mop and a bucket in his fucking all-wood bedroom. It's very weird. Yeah, he's got a bucket and a mop for you-know-what. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> also, that is how they denote cleaning in this show, is someone has rubber gloves on. Because that's what happened with Adrian and her mom, too. Like, they just had rubber gloves on, we were supposed to accept that them talking was actually them cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, very confused why he was cleaning, because I was like, don't they just, like, pay someone to do that for them? But then you find out that he's in trouble, and he's like, has to clean to work off his debts to his dad. Amy can't find work, and then they have, like, some conflict around the fact that they're not married, and Anne just, like, shows up. Yes. That made me very confused where we were. Uh, Yeah, where's this butler? Like, he's been alluded to, but he's really bad at his job. Is his butler the same as the driver? maybe ben starts word vomiting about how he has to do like chores for penance and he's very good at ironing which i thought was a nice little character detail we get Anne is like elberson just felt bad for you stupid bitch to her daughter. <laughs> and just keeps on trying to pound it into amy's head like i'm not being mean by telling you you have to take care of your child if you keep it I think she's finally, like, saying it in a little more cushioned way that, like, Amy might start to understand. But then we find out, like, next episode she really didn't understand at all. But, like, still. Every time she talks to um, Amy about this, she just, like, overwhelms her. And it's like, okay, let's have a realistic conversation around what can happen. And what school options are. And, like, you know. They're both so overdramatic about everything that, like... They both take things to the natural extreme, or, like, the unnatural extreme, where, like, Anne's like, oh, you need to take care of this baby 100% of the time, and you need to work 100% of the time, and you need daycare that you pay for alone. You know, like, there's ways to say that that don't make it sound like you're completely alone. Because she is willing to help, but she's just not Mm -hmm. willing to do absolutely everything, which I think is totally reasonable. Now, especially, because Amy is so overwhelmed, it's, like, really annoying to me that, like, George torpedoed the plan for her to go to that, like, alternative high school. Well, that's the thing. The alternative high school would have given her some of the resources to, Mm -hmm. like, find out how to do this successfully. Also, what the fuck is Mark doing? Like, Mark, you should be helping. This, like, conflict exhausted me. I said, conflict is so stupid, I honestly don't care. And then I did a little, like, too long didn't read, which is, like... Amy has to be responsible or pick adoption. And then, like, the baby kicks for the first time. And my note for the baby, like, kicking was just that I really feel bad for everyone involved in this show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really says something to them that, like, they were able to get that shot and, like, do that scene. But I just, like, can't imagine being able to do that with a straight face. (laughs) Amy's being a spoiled little brat and Anne is being overdramatic and like yeah that's all it is like all they need is a single rational adult in the household but they don't have that they have a 13 year old who's doing the best she can (laughs) exactly I was gonna say the closest they have to it is Ashley yes and Ashley just doesn't want to get involved in the drama because good for her finally like tapping out when it's too much but uh that was something i had to take so many breaks during that episode it's getting more and more of a marathon as season one drags on (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, I do, a sick part of me loves it, but only when I'm not watching it, you know? Like, when yeah, I'm thinking I back think... to it, I'm like, this is my favorite show ever. But when I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, I could die right now. <laughs> I think I need to start, I usually watch it, like, in the morning. I'll, like, wake up oh. and watch it. But I think what I need to do is I need to watch it before I go to bed so I can, like, drink alcohol. Interesting. I... I don't know when I need to start watching it, because every time I try a different time, it doesn't feel better. <laughs> a lot of times I watch it in place of a church service. <laughs> I mean, it's equivalent, I would say. It feels like it. It takes me to church every episode in some <laughs> capacity. But no, I realize I have been like watching it a lot on like Sunday mornings. Ugh. Wow. Episode, what was it? 13... Baked Nevada. Baked Nevada? Do we know? I, there's no reasoning. The Like, the baked makes no sense. Like, it's a, obviously a play on Baked Alaska, and they just threw Nevada in because all of their licenses were from Nevada. I was hoping, I thought someone was going to get, like, drug busted or something, and then it would have made sense. Yeah, something. It that, was... They should have saved this episode title for the episode where they use their fake IDs to buy weed. Yeah, when was weed legalized in... California. Uh, 2008. <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> Imagine if that's the one thing I knew about 2008. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, when was weed legal? Is it legal though? Because like In that's California. just that's just terrible that they're doing that now. It's, it's... October. Wait, November 8th, 2016. <laughs> okay, that sounds more right. <laughs> that's so funny. But, There's just a yeah. war for our children's souls right now, so. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Jesse. This has been Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Your Two Gay Friends. They will be linked in the description. You can follow each of us personally on Twitter. I am at Gluten Monster, but the O in Monster is a zero. And Jesse is go Jesse 2K20. We want to give a little shout out to Jupiter. Oh my goodness, Jupiter, we love you so much. Yeah, thanks for thanks for writing in. You can email us like Jupiter did at sl with Jesse and Aaron at gmail.com. Yes, and if you do that, we will immediately text each other and like start crying because it's so <laughs> exciting and you so nice. But yeah, that's it. Have a good day. Yeah. Buongiorno, as they say. <laughs> it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.